Are you tired of people only telling you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear? Me too. I'm Lauren Lahav, and for the last 30 years, I've been blessed to speak to thousands of people around the world and share the stage with some of the world's biggest thought leaders. The Get Real podcast is my way of breaking down the BS of the filters of what we say and what we do. Real life, real issues, real solutions. Trust me when I tell you, it wasn't always like that for me. And I'm excited to help you through sharing what has worked for me, but most importantly, what didn't work for me. In the world of political correctness and living our lives on social media, what is real? In my life, I always look to people who understand what I'm going through and are willing to be real with me to help me move through it. With this podcast, I want to be that person for you. Whether it's just us or I bring in one of my friends, I promise these episodes will make a difference in your life. So strap in, hang on tight, and let's get real. And now it's time to get into the podcast. Here's Lauren. Welcome to Get Real and Stay True. Sister, we are back again for this. I think when we were trying to do this one, we were like, it was just the middle of the chaos was happening, wasn't it? I think it was just the beginning. Yes, the beginning beginning and so I'm sure that when this ends it's going to be the end when we actually uh end of this chaos and all that we're going to talk about are the breakthroughs i am with my dear friend stacy mccarthy who we have known each other oh my god 30 years <laughs> you were four and i was two <laughs> and we were i think you were gallivanting around the world as as frisbee right it was frisbee golf you were like a champion Fris- Freestyle Frisbee. Freestyle Frisbee. So you can share a little bit about that. But we met on Thanksgiving, November November 1989. And I was like, ah, I met her. I met you, Stacey. I was like, I really like her. And um, I'm just so grateful for our friendship uh, over these years. And I, another thing that nobody can say about, about themselves other than you is I think you brought your daughter to the wedding when she was like a month old. Yes, right after giving birth. Right after giving birth. And I was like, oh, I want to be like her. <laughs> so, um, yes. Yeah, so in the spirit of everything, I think I took Joss to his first event when he was a month old because I was yeah. like, Stacy can do it, then I can do it. But anyway, uh, Stacy will share a little bit about her gra- background because there is so much about her background that is just awe-inspiring. She's an amazing mom, amazing wife, brilliant businesswoman. Um, yoga master, I would say. And I remember, like you said, I think you were, I remember seeing you at Frogs when I, I think just a couple of days before <laughs> you had your daughter. And I just, everything about you inspires me, but lets me know that there's no excuses. Um, and also, if there's a will, there's a right way. But what I love most about Stacy is just her commitment to family and just, you know, seeing you with your mom and just the the beautiful relationship you have. I love seeing you when um, Tom was pushing your mom's wheelchair and yes. it kind of concerned me a little bit because I couldn't <laughs> tell if you were sitting on your mom's lap or if you were. I was. <laughs> Very little weight though on it. I had my, my feet on her little stirrup things. Well, I love just to hear a little bit about your story. I know that we were, I love the theme of this, of this um, podcast is Namaste every damn day. And um, <laughs> I know that you'll share the story about that, but let's talk a little bit about, you know, where you, where, how did you get into this whole fitness 
revolution, if you would. I mean, you were really one of the pioneers 30 years ago when, um, you know, a lot of the studios weren't, didn't have a lot of classes. You were really the one that pioneered, I know in San Diego, a lot of um, those classes and that whole movement. Maybe you can share a little bit about your background. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, great to be here, Lauren. And we have known each other forever. And funny story when you were saying about bringing Kylie to you to your wedding uh, right after having her. Uh, actually, two days after I gave birth to her, my husband dragged me to a Tony Robbins event, of course, that he was speaking at. And I'm, I had a very big episiotomy and was sitting on a donut the whole time. I'm like, ah, this is crazy. I shouldn't be at a hotel and at a Tony Robbins. I have a two-year, two-day-old daughter and I kept her away from the big group. So anyone wondering about that, but yes, we go way, way back. And, uh, and, and you know, I just did a post today on my, my social media and I was talking about really creating a Inventing a meaningful life for yourself, and that's something that I've always done. Is you know, so much out there in in today's world is always saying to, you know, um, be a better you, um, get better from wherever you're at, and there's this constant, constant drive to be something more. And sometimes um, that can be a good thing, but it can also undermine. Um, it can undermine you if you really don't know what your values are and what's meaningful for you in your life. And so something that I've always known for myself is that um, I needed to be a great mom. And if I screw up my kids, nothing else matters. So that was a very high value for me. And then also choosing careers and choosing work for me that was meaningful, that one, I was good at, and two, that created great value for others, and that gave me a sense of contribution and giving back. So although my career trajectory uh, it has been a little bit different from most folks, it has provided me with, you know, the loving family that I've always wanted and the success uh, of really feeling good every day about waking up and doing what I do. So... I began, um, as you as you said, as a, a freestyle frisbee world champion, which was very bizarre. And my parents still could never figure out what it was that I was doing. But I would basically uh, choreograph gymnastics and dance type of moves with a spinning frisbee. And somehow my partner and I managed to create an actual business out of that and flew all over the world, lived different places, Australia, Japan, all over. Uh, and and doing these Frisbee shows at Disneyland and, and SeaWorld and all these types of places. And, and when I got back from traveling, uh, while I was traveling, I had picked up this thing called uh, high impact aerobics. I had no real idea what it was. This goes way back to the very early eighties. I, I really didn't have a lot of rhythm, but uh, I knew that's what I wanted to do was teach these fitness classes. And so the very, First place I got hired was in San Diego, and I really had no idea what I was doing. A friend of mine had opened up a, a health club, and I'd worked for two weeks, and I was really terrible at what I did. <laughs> really terrible. I, I didn't have any training. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. I had a janky boom box and some really bad leotards. And uh, and the thing is, is I looked the part. I was very fit. I, you know, went to school on a swimming scholarship. I had the degree in exercise physiology. So I had on paper and in looks what it seemed like you needed for that type of job. 
but I didn't have any training. So basically I got fired after two weeks, but I was smart enough to ask at that time, you know, what can I do better? And what is your advice? And he came back to me and said, one, you need some training. He said, you've got a great attitude. He said, but you know, you need training. And so I took that and I found someone to mentor me to get better at it. At that time, the step aerobics was coming out, you know, up, up, down, down, across the top, for those of you who remember that. And I got that. I, I got good at that. And I got better at, at, at teaching these classes. Long story short, I went on to be a, a group exercise director and then the chief operating officer of a chain of health clubs. And during that time, in the late 80s, early 90s, I got into yoga. and the, Again, yoga wasn't what it is today. My dad used to call it yogurt. I think she's a yogurt teacher. He had no idea <laughs> what it was. That was so long ago. Um, but I brought that into the clubs, and I really found my calling uh, teaching body, mind, spirit. And, uh, and the, namaste every damn day, where that comes from is that um, when I first began teaching, my students very lovingly at the end of the class, when we would come together and say namaste, they would say namastasi. And it, it was just kind of a fun thing that stuck. So that was my first connection with namaste. And then I had a, a, a student who would take my class, I, I would teach Tuesday and Thursday at 12 o'clock, very crowded class, lunchtime class. And she always had her same spot in the room, the far back right corner. And that was her spot. And no matter um, who was in that spot, she would ask them to move over because that was her spot. She'd get there early. She never missed. She'd been taking me for years. One day she came and the class was so crowded that she couldn't ask anyone to move over because it was mat to mat. But I taught up on a stage at the front of the room and I said, well, would you like to come up on stage with me? I don't want you to miss class, but you can, you can practice up on stage with me. And so she did. So we had a lovely practice at the end of the classes. We're looking out to the students and um, we bring our hands together and I say namaste and the class says namaste back to me. And then they start rolling up their mats and leaving and she's sitting there and she's looking at me and, and she goes, what did you say? And I said, what do you mean? She goes, at the end of the class, you said namaste or something. What is that? And I looked at her and I said, well, well, you know, namaste. The divine light in me bows, honors, and sees the divine light in you. And when you are in that place and when I am in that place, then we are one. And she looks at me and she goes, huh, all this time I thought you were saying, have a nice day. <laughs> So what I realized in that moment is that um, regardless of whether or not we've figured out that true meaning, if we're having a nice day, if we can change our thoughts, take the negative thoughts, cancel them and replace them with more positive thoughts, and maybe it's just having a nice day, maybe it's seeing that light in every single person that we meet, seeing the light in, within ourselves. if we can wake up every morning with that, then that's namaste every damn day that, you know, we're all going through a tough time right now with this pandemic, but still in the morning we can wake up and we can say, Hey, I see, I still see that light in me. And I see that light in every single person that I meet. And that is that this, this whole saying hashtag, we, you know, in this together, we're in this together. 
that's that's that that's seeing the light within ourselves and within each and every person that we're not separate that we're all one so yes. that's where I have, I have a little i have a little uh, duck and it says namaste in the bathtub namaste in the bathtub but you know i think you're right stacy like i think the big thing is that there has been this constant drive to be more you know that you're you're either you're not enough like right, right yes. there's certain what LA they call it the city of never enough, never yes. never rich enough, rather never talented enough, never skinny yes. enough, never pretty enough, and there is has been this constant demand. Um, and I love that you had the courage to ask the question of um, what could I, you know, what could I do better? You know, where can yeah. I find mentors? And I think in this time of um, a paused, you know, this reset. Like that all of us are requ- not required. We, we have an opportunity, a huge opportunity to stop and just go pause right now and go, well, what really, like you said, like really reevaluate your, your values of what really does matter for you. And then what do they say? If you don't come out of this quarantine time with a new skill, a new, what, a new recipe, a new something, then you've wasted that time. Like people are like, would always go, well, I'm going to get to that class. I'm sure people have always said, well, I'm going to get to that class one yeah. day like with regards to it. So what made I think, you know, and, and, and not to interject, but I think there's two things with it. We're in this quarantine and it's, and I think there's two things that we need to do. I think one, um, if, you know, a lot of people are fearful, they're losing their job They're you know, and, and I, no one even likes to think of it, but we're losing lives as well, that to be able to feel those feelings and feel it. And, and if you're going through that, to give yourself a break that you don't have to come out of this with any new skill, just come out of this um, feeling that, you know, you made it through okay. And if, you know, you, you're in a place where, yes, you have the time to do many of the things that you never had time to do, then embrace that and do that. Um, but I think sometimes, you know, that pressure of, oh my gosh, I need to learn a hundred new skills and, you know, I need to start a whole new business and I need to do all this. And, you know, we're going through a crisis right now and um, maybe that's the time, but also, you know, stop beating yourself up if you don't, it's okay. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of people have been going so hard that they haven't taken time just to they stop. Haven't taken, and they don't know how to take time. No, you know, so we have a, a, a beautiful lesson in yoga and I teach much from um, the lessons of yoga. There's a word called Santosha and the word Santosha is a Sanskrit word, the, the language of yoga, and it means contentment. And it's basically learning how to appreciate what we have and seeing the perfection in where you're at. And so if we can take, you know, any moment of the day and say, hey, this is where I'm at right now and seeing that perfection and where you're at, doesn't mean that we don't continue to become better because we have another word in, in yoga terms called tapas, which is the disciplined effort of, you know, really um, putting in the effort and, and kind of stoking the fire of our discipline and effort, which balances that state of calm and content. And so, you know, if we're always on the, you know, we're not good enough, we need to be better with everything we do, look better, you know, more successful in our business, be the perfect parent. If we're always there, we don't find the perfection and where we're at, then we're losing, right? We're losing the game. Right. And then, like you said, like it, this really is that opportunity to stop like a, like a hard, a hard stop too. And just, and, and check in because yes. we're busy being busy. 
right? That we're never really fully, when they talk about being present, are we really present? And, and that's what, that's why I think yoga is so beautiful because you do have to be present. That's right. <laughs> right. You, you have to be present. And, and, you know, part of it is, is when we're constantly thinking about the past. And again, this, this hiccup in, in our game of life through this pandemic, a lot of people are, are you know, looking at the past. Well, this is what I had. And, and, and when you're stuck in the past, that's when um, states of depression can come up. And at the same time, if you're like constantly looking at the future of what's next, oh my God, I've got to do this and what's going to happen, then it puts you in that state of anxiety. But if you can come back to just right here, right now, in this moment, everything's just fine. You just, you have a breath. And if you can breathe, then you're living. And can you just be in that moment, right? And, and in that moment, usually everything's just fine, unless you know, you're being chased by a tiger or something. But it's when we keep going in the past and we keep projecting into the future that it creates some of these emotions that aren't serving us. So what would be some of the things, I, 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 this is one great class. There's a place here in Las Vegas that I love that, my friend Wendy talked to me, you know, took me to, and I went to a lot of different yoga studios and I felt like I finally found one that felt like home. Right. And uh, it's called yoga sanctuary. And this wonderful guy named Joshua teaches the class and he's one of the blue men from the blue men group. Oh, and, um, he's like, it, it, it was really about setting the intention for the class. And, and he goes, and, and, and he's like, okay, here's how, you know, I want you to, I'm trying to think about how he framed it. It was so beautiful. But I remember literally by the end of the class, I was like jelly. Yeah. You know, like really like, oh my God, this feels so good. And I'd never been, it's one of the one classes that I could really be, felt like I could really let go and wasn't, yeah. you know, like really let go. What would be something that you, something you could teach everybody just through your voice of what they could practice so that they can really be present in the moment? Well, I think the simplest thing, and again, it's uh, breath work now is getting very popular, but um, learning how to breathe, and there's so many different breath works, breath works to energize you, breath work to instantly calm you down, breath work to give you more clarity, basically working with your breath. I mean, if we just pause right now and everyone just take a nice full inhale for four counts, two, three, four, and now hold that inhale two, three, four, exhale for four counts, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, and then just a free and natural breath. So just a simple, we call that a box breath, and just that simple moment of observing our breath, it's, it's the mind can't wander and it can't meander to another place if we just focus on a single object, right? So when we focus on a single object and that's our only focus and concentration and the breath is one of those simple things you can do is just your total focus and concentration is on the breath, the inhale and the pause and the exhale, just instantly that brings you back to the present moment and can instantly calm you down. So breath is one of those very, very uh, simple techniques that we can do. And, and ultimately, I think yoga in general, you know, in, in, in our Western world particularly, you know, many people think that yoga is about touching your toes, but yoga is about touching your soul, right? It's, it's learning to be still 
in the middle of all the chaos. So whatever's, whatever's happening, I start all my classes with leading people from the external. So any worry, any stress, any tension, any anxiety that they're feeling, to leave it on the outside and learn to tap into that stillness on the inside. And we do that through breath, through focus. But this is, this is really the, the yoga is the science of liberating the mind. It's not about, you know, who can do a handstand and who can put their foot behind their head, but it's the postures themselves put us in uncomfortable situations so that when we're uncomfortable, can we still come back to that stillness within? And more and more, this is, you know, this pause in our earth that we're having right now is, um, hopefully helping people come back a little more to the internal and not such a big focus on the external. I love that. I love that. The science of liberating your mind, my brother, I'm super proud of him. I don't know if you know this, but he had never done yoga ever. And he, on his 50th birthday, he decided to do yoga and mm-hmm. now he's 55. He'll be 56 in November. And he's done it every, every damn day. Um, yes. Because yoga every, every damn day. day. But like you said, Yoga could be as simple as being mindful for 10 minutes with your breath, right? Yes. It could be as simple of, you know, of drawing yourself into your body. So again, the, the postures, just that inhale of, would notice that when you inhale, the chest rises, the collarbones spread. There's a little small micro backbend. And on the exhale, the shoulders release back and down. It's a small micro forward bend. So just identifying that through the breath, the body is in coordination with it and you're starting to just open the body, right? And, and so this drawing in, it's, it's all about learning how to draw into more of a stillness, trusting that, that intuitive nudge within you and getting connected to yourself. Right. So it is this this practice of self-study. I mean, we spend so much time studying everything else. And very few people spend the time to really examine their self and study themselves. And, and, and this is the practice of yoga. What better thing to study than yourself? Right. So true. My, a friend of mine, he told me, I think it was several months ago, my friend Philip, he said, put it all down, put all the books down, put all the seminars down put everything down. He goes, and right now, just, you don't need to be looking for all of these different people for anything. You need to just go and, you know, one, be okay with more haters and no, just, and also Lauren, just figure out what is it? Like, what is the thing that really, really is inside you that you feel like you need to share out there really with the world, but not ask anybody for their ideas, not ask anybody anything just in that. So it sounds like what it really was, because he was saying, Practice yoga, practice that practice yeah. that mindfulness, right? Like when we make when we're mindful, we make better decisions about things. Yes. So yeah. for you, you're a brilliant businesswoman. Not only have you like, you know, work with other people and setting up these um, you know, yoga studios and this I mean, I know you have your your yoga online that you do as well, but I know that you've started your own business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I what what I yeah, so I've always been um, entrepreneurial, either in my own businesses or investing in, in like-minded businesses that uh, I believe in. So, and I've been fortunate to be in kind of the early stages of a lot of things and in the fitness industry, those, those early days of fitness really starting to expand. I mean, when I graduated from college, 
being a you know fitness professional, nobody even would know what that is. So I, I had a knack for that. And then um, early on with yoga of really seeing that um, this was what the world you know, need it more of this peace of mind. And then, um, also a, a, um, superfoods and, um, juicing and, uh, adding a more alkaline diet and more greens to what we eat and more plant powered, uh, type of eating it was early on with that, with a, a chain of cafes as well. And so just really, uh, and again, it goes back to what do you value? What is meaningful for you? Um, you know, fortunately, still in this day and age, we can invent um, what it is and who we want to be. We don't have to listen to all the outside forces. And, and that's really, you know, I, I know we hear this, this phrase a lot, follow your bliss, follow your bliss, but also work really hard, be talented at what it is you do. And, and then, you know, add value. And then if you add enough value, then um, you're going to get value back. Right. I think you can't listen to all the shit that people are going to tell you of why it's not going to work too. That's right. I know, right. I think that for, for, for both of us, like people tell yes. us that we were going to be able to do some of those things and tuning out all that extra noise, like you said, that's, that's around you. So you're an amazing mama and you've been in a, a I mean, you and Tom have been married how many, how long? We're going to celebrate, well, we've been since we met. So we, you know, we, Tony Robbins up at, we met back in 1980, I'm making myself really old here, um, 1987, a Super Bowl party up at Tony Robbins Castle back when he lived in Del Mar. And um, that's when we first met. We got married in 91. So we're coming on, I guess that's 29 years this year of marriage. And then, you know, since 87, we've been together and uh, we've got two great kids. They, Tommy, uh, our son just celebrated his 24th birthday yesterday, which is crazy. And then our daughter, Ty Kylie's 26 and you know, both of them very well. And so, uh, yeah, we're very- I remember that wedding right there at La Jolla. Yes. Yes. What about, so what do you think? I mean, look, you guys have been through tough times. I remember when you lived in a beautiful place in Solana Beach, and then we went all went through the recession, you know, like back in the 80s, the challenging times. And yeah. then back in, you know, in the early 2000s with the recession, what do you think the keys are? The keys are to make a relationship, not just work, but really, you know, great because you guys have been through a, a time like from you know yeah. a lot and then um i'd love to hear your advice on that so a couple things i think for a relationship to work the number one thing is marry the right person <laughs> right it's as simple as that like don't marry someone that you think you're going to fix or that you're going to change i mean the best thing you can do if you want to be successful i believe in a marriage is both come to the marriage whole right? That you're not looking for that other person to um, fix you, to provide for you, that, that you're both coming in whole, right? Yeah. And if you're both whole and you're, you have similar values, then you're going to have a much better start. And, and, and also the commitment that, you know, no matter what, you're going to make it work. And, but if you're not whole and, and you're, you're marrying someone that you have to fix or that um, you think they need fixing, then it's going to be a tough road because they're, they're probably not going to change. They're, you, they either who they, they are who they are and that's who you married and you're okay with it. But if they're not, 
that gets tough. It's right? funny because I've always respected you guys, as I shared earlier. And, 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 you know, you're a little, y- you're yin and yang and yes. know, in regards to a lot of things. And like, at first when I remember, I was like, gosh, he's like really like strict about stuff. Like sometimes <laughs> I was like, he scared me. And then I just realized that I married, I married my Tom. <laughs> like, you yes. Know? Isn't and it we, funny? It's, it's, it's funny because I, but I, we needed that, right? Like it was we like, do. Whole, like, right. Yeah, it's it, it's so interesting because yeah, people were always shocked that I married Tom because he seems on the outside, and this is why you really have to get to you know you have to have conversations from the heart with the people and and really know where their heart is, not just the external. Because Tom looked pretty buttoned up, um, and you know when he speaks, he's very authoritative and stuff, and so people are like, oh wow, you're you know. And back then, I was kind of this freestyle frisbee player. All, gallivanting around the world. I did, did not seem like a normal fit at all. But our core values that's correct. Yeah. We're all the same. You know, we it may look different on the outside, but our core values very much the same. Yeah. And that's really what I realized for sure about when I met Z. I was like, you know what? Everybody's, everybody's like, look at this guy. He's like just like you know, he's just so intense and he's so and I'm like, no, he is not. He's a, you know, he's like, but, and like you said, it's like our core values were definitely yes. the same. And that's when I knew I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is definitely a fit if you would. Yeah. What about parenting lessons that you've learned along the way as well? What do you think from your kids, like you said, are in your twenties or in their twenties. And um, what would you say for those people out there in their, in, you know, that have kids that are in their twenties or teens what would you top tips for parents? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, raising kids is a blessing and it's a burden. Uh, you know, <laughs> raising kids is, uh, you know, you have to have a lot of patience. But we've been very lucky, and we um, we did some things. One of the things, especially, you know, for me is that I never wanted to sacrifice my career or sacrifice my kids for my career. So I found ways to have to create a career, invent a career that didn't sacrifice my kids. And and what I mean by that is I have a husband who travels a lot. And so for me, I wasn't going to be the global yogi flopping all over the world. Now I'm able to do a lot of international things. But while I was raising my kids, I couldn't because both of us couldn't be home and we needed someone there. So I, I, you know, I looked at ways, how can I be at home um, and still, you know, fuel my passion and purpose. So, you know, I, I figured out ways to, you know, then create DVDs and online programs and write curriculum for yoga teacher trainings at the college level. And I just found ways to again, use my talents and my experience in a way that still served my kids. And then one of the other things that we did early on is we created the McCarthy Family Creed. And I'll share it with you because this is something we taught our kids every morning. I'll, I'll read it to you. It's, it's, today I give thanks for all that I am, all that I have, and all that I will be. Today I treat everyone I see with kindness, love, and respect. Today I do my very best in everything I do. Today, I do my very best to improve my knowledge, skills, health, and attitude. Today, I focus on the positive in every area of my life. Today, I create abundance for myself and all those around me. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And I am a leader. So 
this is wow. something that guys when did you guys do that when we did that when our kids were about three years old my my daughter was probably three or four and then what we would do is on the way driving them to school in the morning they we would recite the mccarthy family creed they didn't like it at first, but when they were younger, they were fine with it. But then, you know, as kids get older, but it was already ingrained in them. So it was creating a creed for our family that uh, we wanted them every day to go off to school with this, that, you know, that, that, you know, you have to take care of yourself and you have to take care of those around you as well. And so we created this little creed. That was one thing we did was our, our McCarthy family creed. And then the other thing that we did is, we, as, as they grew, we did a lot of personal development with you and as, with them. And as you know, both of us are very into personal development. We were, you know, we were definitely, um, you know, early into personal development, both of us. And, and so, you know, when the kids were, I think Tommy was, uh, 15 and Kylie was 17. Uh, we took him a course to unleash your unleash your power with Tony and they did the fire walk and everything. And, um, funny story about that. Cause you probably have a lot of listeners that, you know, are big Tony fans, but Tommy was at that impressionable age of 15 and, and we didn't do a lot of cursing around our house. And, and so he's there and you know how Tony loves to drop some F bombs. And so Tom, Tommy loves to mimic people and he had Tony down. He would do the swoosh with his arm and then the clap. <laughs> And then he would yell out really loud. This is what he took away from it. He might've been a little young. I'm not sure. <laughs> but he would clap his hands like Tony and he'd yell out, fork and shrimp, fork and shrimp, fork and shrimp. <laughs> so, <laughs> but he did. And, and, you know, and Tony's been great. Tony's actually called him and congratulated, like when he, you know, graduated from Harvard. And when he did a lot of things, Tony, you know, really reached out and has been, a, you know, great to him. And, and then, you know, both of them went through Dale Carnegie's course. Yep. So, you know, they will remind us, they, yeah, be careful what you, you have your kids do, but you know, the, uh, the three, three, the three C's don't condemn, criticize or complain. So if I'm complaining, Tom's complaining, oh, both of them tell us, you know, do the three C's, don't complain, criticize or condemn. <laughs> my, my husband always says to me, like when I'll say, so what could that mean? Or I'll say something like that. He goes, don't Tony Robbins me. Don't, 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 don't Tony me. And like, or, or Joss is like, oh, mom. Like I said, I went and got certified NLP training or something. And yep. don't, don't NLP me, mom. You know, you were talking about, we are talking about the fork and shrimp one. That's a funny one. Uh, um, I, for years, I didn't know that when, and here I was leading people, you know, for the firewalk, train all the crew with the firewalk. And then, I I thought Tony was saying, I didn't know they were saying cool moss, cool moss, cool moss. I thought oh she was saying like cool moss, cool moss, cool moss. Like, oh I was like, oh my God, for years I could just didn't even know, you know. But, but it's so right? funny. Like, whatever it is, it works, right? So whatever kind yeah. of yoga, like if yoga represents to you taking a pause, like you know, back to yoga, you know, with regards to because I know that, but it's it's really where if it if it works, it it works, I guess. That's I right. Say. I think that we make things way too difficult, right? Like, so a lot of people gave me, I think even when I was doing a podcast, you got to do it this way. You got to do it that way. You got to make sure to ask these questions. Got to do this and that. I'm like, really? Well, that's not. And the question I always ask myself is, am I staying true to myself if I do that? Right? Yeah. With everything that I do. And I'm like, 
I'm kind of like all over the place, kind of like the squirrel. And I just want to kind of see where this goes. And, you know, and, and then I heard from this guy, no, you can do 10 minute podcasts. You can do an hour podcast. You could do yes. podcasts. You could do them with video. You could do them. You know, I think the biggest thing is, and that you would probably say to people, um, maybe I'm just, it's just, just get out there and do it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like don't yeah. analyze it too much. You know, the, my two other questions I have for you. One you've always been this visionary to see what's around the corner, right? Like whether it be with the, you know, the classes with the, you know, with the gyms yeah. regards to yoga or with regards to, you know, you know, with regards to the, the juicing and everything else that you do, you kind of like saw the road ahead with regards to it. What would you say to somebody now? Cause a lot of things are going to shift. They are going to shift. They already are shifting. What would you say to people so that they stay true to that when they feel that pull of something that they want to say yes to, right? Like whether, you know, to take their business a different direction or, you know, or, or someone goes, that's a crazy idea. Or like my favorite book now is um, Mark Rudolph's book. It's called That'll Never Work. And he's the one who started Netflix. And his wife would always say to him, oh, that'll never work. That was the whole essence. But what, yeah. would you, what would you say to somebody who wants to start something or feels this pull and everybody says that they're crazy? What would you say to them? Well, I would say a couple things. One, you know, what are you passionate about? What's going to get you up out of bed and make you feel purposeful? And, and then ask the question of yourself as well. Um, are you good at it? Because a lot of people have a lot of passion for things. I, I train a lot of yoga teachers and uh, a lot of people in the wellness community and in fitness and stuff. And I have a lot of people that come through um, that have a lot of passion for it. I mean, like, this is my life. This is what I want to do. But when they get up to maybe teach or something, they're not very good, right? So you, you have to sometimes have an honest conversation with yourself of, also, what are you good at? And then figure out, okay, this is what I'm good at. And this is what I'm passionate about. How can I now make that a business? But they have to, you can, you can be very passionate about something and not very good at it. And, and then that's tough. Um, and you can be very good at something, but not very passionate about it. And that's not good. So you have to have that combination of, of you know, being good at what you do and the passion, you know, to have that, that that drive and that purpose to get up and do it. But, you know, one on the, on its own can be a little tricky. And I love what you, because it goes back to the very first thing. If you think about this, you just made everything very full circle. Like when you said, when you went and you weren't, when you went up to your guy and you asked him, you you, you just made it all full circle right there, you know? And and that's the, the funny thing about that story is, um, that, you know, rather than if you, if you do get let go or if it's not working out how you think it is, but you really, really do love it, then go figure out how to get good at it, right? Figure out, find a mentor, get, figure out how to get good at it and then keep working at it. You have to have, you have to to work at it until you reach that level. And, And sometimes I think, you know, I work also, you know, not only do I, I work with, with boomers and stuff, but I also have a lot of millennials that I work with because I, I teach at a college as well. And what I see sometimes is um, the lack of delayed gratification. 
that I should have it right now, that I should be, you know, making a million, I just graduated, I shouldn't be making a million dollars right now. No, you know what? That's few and far between. Most people are putting in the work and getting better and, and wisdom is the scar tissue that you develop by not doing it right. That's right. And I know, you know, it's interesting. You were asking me about one of my businesses and I asked, and you asked me, you know, like the growth of the business. Yeah. And people don't realize how much work put, you know, that, that took, right. With regards to growing the business to the size that it, that it is, but it's kind of like the Jim Rohn. You have to be willing to one, you have to find good ground and then you got to plant the seeds and then you have to be patient with the seeds. Like right over there, I've got my little, you know, tower garden over there and they're these brand new seedlings. I can't expect the seedlings to go to a full, you know, head of, you know, chard or lettuce in overnight, right? That's right. Give it the time to grow, give it the sunlight, give it the nutrients that it needs. And I think that that's about being patiently persistent, right? And I think if I look at you and Tom and all of us that it's like, okay, so we've but we've been in the game or, or Keith Cunningham yes. would say, you got to get in line and stay in line. And yeah. too many people, because it doesn't happen fast enough, right? Yeah, um, that's right. They get out of line. They get out of line. Yeah. And or they jump line. onto the next bandwagon. And that's why I say, you know, know, know what it is that really creates meaning in your life and then get good at it. You know, get and 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 the other thing, and then this goes back to I think just living a, a happy life is know your values. A lot of people don't know what their values are, and if you don't know what your values are, somebody else will give you theirs, and that may not be a good fit. So you know, being crystal clear on what's most important to you. Yeah, awesome. Well, final question, and then I'll let you go. Is what do you do to stay true to yourself? What's one thing you do other than yoga? What's that? <laughs> Other than yoga and green juice, what's something that you do to stay true to yourself every day? You know, every day I, I, I take personal time just, just for me and, you know, in creating some place, I think this is helpful for anyone have some place in your home, outside, wherever you can, that is your place. And so I, and it may be, you know, in a busy day, maybe it's just a few minutes, but some place that's just for you. And, and so that's, you know, for me to, to come back, it's like not the noise of, of the family life and business and all, again, all the external calling me, but just to come back to a place of my own, even if it's for a few minutes. Um, and, and so that's, that's important to me is um, of staying true to myself is just coming back, coming back inside. Awesome. Well, I love it. And I know people can reach you at your, at your website. Yeah. Yeah, so it's yoganamastacy.com. So it's Y-O-G-A, N as in Nancy, A, M as in mom, A, and then S-T-A-C-Y, namastacy. It's a play again on namaste. And then the other thing I'd just like to share is um, right now, I'm on my uh, Facebook and my Instagram, um, which is Yoga Namastacy. I'm doing uh, free right now free uh classes at 12 o'clock um pacific standard time so um if you jump over there and you'd like to to practice it's really for all levels so even if you haven't done yoga before um i give lots of levels and if you're an advanced practitioner um, you'll still be challenged so um come over and join me there uh maybe give me a comment that you heard me here with you lauren and um, i'd love to meet you 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, my friend. And uh, I appreciate it very much. And I look forward to seeing you and your beautiful family soon. And namaste. Namaste. Thank you, Lauren. Namaste, everyone. Thanks for joining us. to laurenlahav.com that's l-o-r-e-n-l-a-h-a-v.com and learn more about lauren's manifestation course use code stay true for your podcast subscriber discount